Welcome to the Modern Classrooms Project podcast. Each week, we bring you discussions with educators on how they use blended, self-paced, and mastery-based learning to better serve their students. We believe teachers learn best from each other, so this is our way of lifting up the voices of leaders and innovators in our community. This is the Modern Classrooms Project podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 129 of the Modern Classrooms Project podcast. My name is Zach Diamond. I'm a Modern Classrooms mentor and also a middle school digital music teacher in Washington, D.C. And I'm joined by two members of a sixth grade math team at Barry Middle School in Hoover, Alabama, Brooke Lee and Rick Smith. Welcome, Brooke and Rick. Hello. Hello. I'm so glad to have you both. And this is going to be really exciting. I know that you're both part of a very involved teaching team that almost sounds like a PLC. So we're going to be talking tonight about teacher collaboration, working with other teachers, um, you know, specifically around the model, but also just in general, working with other teachers in ways that hopefully will benefit students. Um, So before we start that out, let's start by having you both just introduce yourselves individually, you know, separate from your teaching team, before you get into the backstory of any of that, just tell us a little bit more about yourself as your as a teacher, your teaching journey, and your also your modern classrooms journey. Okay, I'll start. Um, my name is Brooke Lee, and this is my 16th year of teaching. I have actually um, always taught at Berry Middle School, and I've always taught sixth grade math. So it's, wow. um, so I've got a, some years under my belt doing sixth grade math. Um, so what made me want to um, jump into like trying modern classroom is just because I like being able to focus um, individually on those kids that need that extra attention, whether they be your um, low level learners or the kids that you need to reach for the enrichment. So I really liked that aspect. So it made me want to explore it. And I'm glad that I made that choice. Yeah. Aren't we all? <laughs> Aren't we all? Rick, how about you? All right. Uh, Rick Smith here. My, my background is a little different. Um, I came out of the business world Um, I sold telecom products and services uh, to corporate and public safety accounts for almost 20 years. And my midlife crisis was going back to school and getting my master's so I could teach. Hmm. Uh, So this is my eighth year teaching sixth grade math at Barry, and I've loved every minute of it. Um, I went through the MCP training program last summer, um, and this was my first year implementing the modern classroom program. And I basically jumped into the deep end of the pool and haven't looked back. <laughs> yeah, that's so interesting. It's so great to hear that. I feel like in a time when, you know, there are struggles around teacher retention, like it's so cool to have someone who found their calling in schools, you know, and uh, career chains like that. And then modern classrooms to make it even better. That's that's really great to hear. I'm really glad to hear that. Yeah. And, and I had I had told one of our um, curriculum folks at the district that, Ever since I've been at Barry, I've always enjoyed being a teacher. But after Modern Classroom, I've never enjoyed teaching more. It's that, that's what it's done for me. And one one other thing is that Rick and I we have actually talked about because we have taught together for eight years, and we've talked about wanting to do kind of what Modern Classroom does and then when this program was introduced to us we were both like yes so we jumped on it quickly and um like what rick said we just kind of went with it and ran and i'm i'm also glad that we made that decision as well 
Yeah, absolutely. And and I'll say this too about the training program. It was probably about halfway through where the light finally went off. Um, At first I was just kind of going through the motions. Yeah, this is a, you know, professional development. Yeah, this looks good. I'll just go ahead and do it. Um, And then about halfway through the light went off and, and, and I just, I had an epiphany and I just saw where this could benefit um, not only me, but the students as well so much. And that's when I was, I was sold about halfway through the program. Mm-hmm. Brooke, I, I want to ask you another question based on something you said, which was that you were already sort of looking for something like modern classrooms. I'm wondering if you could tell me like more specifically, like, was it the self-pacing? Was it the blended, the videos? Like what specifically uh, were you looking for? I'm just curious. I'll be more than happy. Um, so actually for seven years, um, I was part of a program that um, I helped kind of create for some of our math students that were not performing at grade level. Um, They were actually several grade levels behind, and it was a self-paced and self-directed program that we used. And that's where my heart is, is to help those um, students that are behind and to kind of help them get up to grade level. So it was not the same some of the things were similar to what modern classroom does with the self-paced program, but I really liked being able to look at each of those students individually because everyone is a different learner and different students have different needs. And I just, I liked it because it catered to those specific needs and it also helped them to feel successful. But I wanted that for not just those kids, but for all the kids in my class, because let's be honest with math, we have a lot of kids that come in and say, well, I'm not good at this or I hate it. And it's because they didn't fully understand it. But I I like having this approach because it is more catered towards them and on their level where they can feel more confidence and more success. That's awesome. And I think that's a great response. Like, I think that in a lot of ways, sort of the flashier parts of modern classrooms are like the blended instruction, instructional videos. It's modern, right? right. Um, mastery based is like a educational buzzword. But I, I think that not to say that those aren't important, but they really exist in service of, of what you're talking about, that self-paced learning, that getting to work individually with the kids who need remedial instruction, right? Or who need to be brought back on onto the grade level, or even those who are ahead, right? Those who are ahead also need to be able to work at their own level faster, right? Self-pacing. I think that it all exists in service of self-pacing. So that's really, that's really cool to hear that what you were looking for was that. And modern classrooms definitely exist to serve that need. Um, I think that's a great transition also into my next question for you, which was that, again, before we start talking about your teaching team, which I know I'm kind of burying the lead here, that's the topic. Um, but I was wondering if you could both sort of describe your modern classrooms for me, like, you know, describe the details, like the day in and day out, the routines, the the progress trackers, the mastery checks. Can you tell me a little bit more about your modern classrooms, how you run them? Yeah, well, I would say, of course, Mine always starts with the progress tracker. Um, that was a confusing uh, component of the training program for me. But once I finally got it, it made complete sense. And now I, I really base everything off of that. Mine is nothing fancy. Um, it's a Google Doc. Um, when I initially started, I planned did a progress tracker for the entire unit so the kids could self-pace. Um, one little adjustment I had to make for sixth grade was I, I – 
release a progress tracker for the week. So through the week, they can actually self-pace. Um, so they know what, what the, what's expected of them from a should do, you know, um, must do and aspire to do standpoint. And they can work through that at their own pace. Um, I've got the room spread out where they know where their practice, where they turn in their practice pages, where they go to check their answers to see if they're on the right track. Uh, they know where to go and uh, when they're ready for the mastery check. Um, so everything's kind of set up and, and labeled so the students understand what they're supposed to do and where they're supposed to turn things in. With the mastery checks, you know, 70% is uh, what's required to pass. Uh, otherwise, they have to do the revisions. But the progress tracker has undergone lots of changes and adaptations, you know, to meet the needs of the students. Yep. And that makes total sense, right? Because like, like we, we were saying, right? That's sort of the main thing here, right? Is the, the pacing. Yes. Um, and so that I had the same experience where my progress tracker was the thing that kind of kept being iterated on. Like I got better at making videos and I'm, I'm pretty good at it now doing it very quickly. Right. But like the progress tracker is sort of the hub of everything. And so, yeah, you really tweak it a lot to, to make it as, uh, as meaningful and as useful as possible. Yes. Right. Yeah. Brooke, how about you? So I'm actually a little bit opposite of Rick. So just to be honest, um, I have not, the progress tracker whenever I was doing the training was the one that I was most nervous about. And even to this point, I still haven't fully grasped that. Um, I kind of, and Kelsey and I, who um, she's a teacher on my team that teaches language arts, that's also gone through the program as well. We do more so of a team approach with that, where we um, pull those kids together um, and do different things like study hall or um, a catch up, or we try to do some of our small groups together. But one thing within my modern classroom that I really like, and it, I feel like it helps make the environment more comfortable uh, for them to learn in, I do flexible seating. And so I have lots of different options and that also gives me a way to, if I need to group particular students together, if we're on a certain topic where they may um, be behind so I can group those four together and we can sit at the circle table. Or if I know that I've got five kids that are off and running and they can be self-sufficient, I can put them either on the carpet in the front or I've got a grouping in the back. So it gives me different options. And like what Rick mentioned, I'm a labeler as well. So I've got where they put their completed must-do, should-dos. Um, so they are familiar with those type of things. And with my check-ins that I have, um, and that's I guess that's kind of my way of tracking for right now as I do those personal check-ins. Um, with each of my students. I try to do that at least once a week. And for some of those students, I do it more frequently for the ones that you kind of have to keep a little bit more of an eye on. <laughs> right. And so how in a week, how many like lessons or must do's or mastery checks are there? Is that is that the full unit one week or that's way shorter than a unit, right? Like, can you describe sort of the scope of things for me? Yeah, I would say for, for me, it's... um. A unit sometimes can, it's going to last several weeks. Okay. So basically I break the unit down into lessons. Right. Um, so each week 
uh, we generally will cover one lesson. Gotcha. Uh, sometimes we can get two within in, in a week, depending on the on the topic or the concept. Um, but that's that's really that, that's really how I break it down. Is it's each week is is generally going to be a lesson. And one of the other benefits that I like of the progress tracker, we send out a um, our our team sends out a newsletter, you know, to parents um, each week. And so the parents, a lot of times, will look at that to see what kind of assignments are due for science or math or language arts. Um, for me, all I have to do is link the progress tracker because they can pull it up. They can look at the same thing the students look at and they know, oh, hey, on Wednesday, you've got a mastery check. You know, are you ready? Um, and same thing with the kids. They, they, they don't have to ask me when something is due because it's on the progress tracker. They know which assignment um, is due when. So that's been a big, a big help for me as well. That's and like with with ours is similar. It's we um, on my team, we have an agenda and I try to put those phrases in to make parents and, you know, the students will also talk to them about it as well because I'll list mastery check. Um, And so those are available for them to see also, because I feel like the more you speak the language and the more that you just throw it out there that it's going to, the parents are going to either ask questions to you or to the kids. So that kind of helps them understand what's going on within the classroom. Cause sometimes I feel like the parents may not fully get the idea of how the modern classroom is run. So with that, with that language that's common between um, the classes, especially for myself and then the Kelsey, who teaches language arts, they're seeing it in two different places. So I feel like that's that's good for them to see. And then one thing that I really like is that with Rick and I both doing this program, and I agree with what he said, it's sometimes it's one lesson, but like right now we're covering percent. So we can group some of our lessons together because they blend in with each other. Or if we've got those kids that are a little step ahead, they can go ahead and move forward but we're still in the same concept. So they're pushing themselves a little bit more, but they're not totally getting off of what we're currently covering. To, to piggyback on what Brooke just said, um, you know, sixth, sixth grade is, they're, they're not quite mature enough yet to just take off and running uh, or run, run with everything. So we kind of have to put the reins on them just a little bit and kind of keep them all in the sa- within the same unit. You may have some that are a, maybe a lesson ahead because they're, you know, they're quick learners and they, they kind of get it. Um, but we're all within the same, the same unit. So if we have to stop and have a group discussion, we're all in the same space same place. Yeah. Yeah. I find that too. I also teach sixth grade and I also teach seventh and eighth grade. And I do find that there's actually a pretty significant difference even between sixth and seventh graders. Um, yes. Sixth graders, they really do. They kind of feel like just big elementary schoolers in some ways. And they, they really do need the structure. Um, and I also agree, like when I see students working so far ahead that like, you know, three or four or five lessons ahead, they're not usually doing it right. Like they're right, right. kind of rushing and, and getting through things too quickly. And they wind up having to review a lot. And, uh, and then usually they learn the lesson to not do that again, because then they have to just redo everything and they don't like that. So. Yeah. We, we learned that through experience. Yes, we did. Cause we, <laughs> we started off that way and we were like, okay, we need to back this up some because we were like, yeah, let's get all this going and we'll just have, you know, they can work ahead, but it's like what you just said, like they, 
kind of getting it done, but not really. And then that's, I did start seeing the frustration and that's one thing that I don't, I want my students to be confident mathematicians. And if I'm putting more stress on them, like that's, that's not what I want within this aspect of doing this program. So that's, I, I backed off as well too with that. Yeah. And, and I, I, let me add, just add this too. I think what, what happened for, you know, the handful of students you might have in a class who are going really fast, uh, once we put the reins on them, um, we were able to turn those students into more peer helpers because yes. they had completed yeah. everything. And so, hey, what do I do now, Mr. Smith? Well, why don't you go help, you know, Susie over there because she's, you know, she's struggling a little bit. She needs some help. And it, it's, it was just kind of a beautiful thing to watch, you know, students helping each other. And that's, I call them my teaching assistants. And I, I kind of like that because they, it pushes that competitive side, which I'm competitive um, as well. So they were wanting to get that position because I just, I wrote it on the board. I'm ready to be a teaching assistant. And I didn't tell the kids what it was for the first couple of days. And they kept asking me, what is this? What is this? How do I do it? So I explained it and I got some of those kids that, you know, kind of do enough just to get by they were pushing themselves more so that they could be kind of those superstars in the class. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just today I was teaching a sixth grade class. I have a sixth grade class and this, this girl was, she walked up to my, she had finished her work and she got a check for the mastery check. I put an X on the tracker when a kid finishes a mastery check and, and successfully moves on. Right. And so she walked up to the computer and said, I'm going to put the X's. I'm going to be the Xer. And <laughs> she was just standing there. And then she started being like, I'm going to be the teacher. I'm going to do the teaching. <laughs> So cute, you know, like the kids, sixth graders are still young enough to like get into that and really have it be fun, have that be a motivator for them. Um, Very cute. Uh, Cool. Okay. So almost 20 minutes in, (laughs) let's get to the main topic here. (laughs) Um, I want to hear more about your teaching team because the topic is collaboration, teacher collaboration. Um, And I, I don't really have any like specific questions for you here, except to say, you know, you can describe really granularly how it works like when when do you meet like do you do curriculum do you do instructional practice that kind of thing or it could be more general um you know like you go ahead and i'll just like let loose the reins and and i want to just hear about your work as a teaching team um and and the collaboration that you all do because it's something that that seems really important for you all so one thing that's neat about our sixth grade math team is that you know rick and i are we're fully engulfed in modern classroom and implementing that. And our other two colleagues, um, they've kind of dabbled in it a little bit, but it's, it still works though. Like we can still communicate and Rick and I kind of know how to make, okay, well, if they're doing this, then we're going to do this for our should do's or our must do's or aspire to do's. So it works out um, as long as I think communication is the key for that whenever you're working for those that may not be, you know, modern classroom um, teachers and um, just using that language to kind of help them understand where you're going and that it really is the same thing. We're just presenting it in a different format, but you know, that's everybody in their classroom is going to be different, but I feel like the four of us work really well together with that. And then, you know, they'll, some of the times they'll get things from us that we've used and then 
same for them as well. Like we'll use some of their materials. So we're really good with sharing. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's also an important thing for teachers too, because we love to share um, ideas with each other and we, it's, it, it works. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense because instructionally you're teaching the same content, right? Right. Yes. You know, a worksheet on whatever standard it happens to be is a worksheet on the standard, like a modern classroom and a traditional classroom should be teaching the kids to succeed on that. Uh, however they might, you know, do it. Yeah. So we, and we will generally, um, and we've done this really the last several years. We are four or six grade math teachers. We meet once a week. It's usually on Fridays during our planning period. So we'll all get together. Hey, where are we right now? We're on percents. And what are you on? Well, I'm, I'm on this lesson. I'm on that lesson. And so we, we collaborate about once a week. And as Brooke said, we'll, we'll kind of share things back and forth. And of course, Brooke and I, since we're both doing modern classroom, I'll just run down to her room. We'll have a little impromptu, you know, uh, planning session real quick. It might be five, 10 minutes, but you know, we're both invested in the program. So, um, you know, it's easy for us to have a little short meeting and, um, get some great ideas. And even like, even if it's not like what Rick was just mentioning it being our formal meeting, um, like for example, in the gym this morning for morning duty, we were talking about, okay, well, where are you? Well, I combine these two lessons together. So um, really we're, we're constantly feeding and pushing ideas on each other and, you know, just really trying to all stay together, but also, if one of us, okay, well, I got to this lesson and I had this problem. So what's something that you could tell me that helped out? Or um, I feel like, again, like what I said earlier, just the communication with us, I feel like is the key. And with that blend of us doing modern classroom and them doing a more traditional approach, it works because um, we're constantly communicating and talking to each other. Yep. And, and another benefit, this hasn't happened yet, but we, we have talked about this. If, for, especially with Brooke and I, since we're both doing modern classroom, if something were to happen and one of us had to be out suddenly and there was not a sub or something, you know, my class could go to hers, she could, or, or um, hers could come to mine and I, they wouldn't miss a beat mm-hmm. because we're both doing modern classroom. It's interesting. Speaking of being absent, just to plug this in, I really love modern classroom for this because yes. at this oh my gosh, point yes. my kids are trained and like I've had to be out a couple of days recently for some things within my family and I it was easy plug it in and they knew exactly what to do and I got really great feedback from some of the subs they were like uh they didn't have to ask me anything they went straight to work they were doing everything that they were supposed to. So as a teacher, you know, that's one of your biggest worries. Like whenever I'm out of my classroom, please, I hope that they're behaving. And so I feel like that with them leading their own learning within, you know, that setting when the teacher is not present, I, I tremendously appreciate that because it it's very helpful. Yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yes. It's like a, it's, it's so it's, it's unbelievable really. Like I recently, um, I had a, I had a sub for a class on a Thursday and, um, there was sort of a scheduling mix up. My schedule is super complicated, but basically I thought I was going to have this class on a Friday, but instead they went, they wound up having the class on Thursday with the sub and there was a summative, like a big end of unit assessment. Um, and I was like, Oh no, this is going to be a disaster, right? Like they're, 
They're going to have a sub. What's going to happen? And every single one of them did it. Every single one. Wow. You know, I was just, I looked at it the, ne- when, the next week when I came back to school and I was like, seriously, I can just grade these. Like, and not even worry about it. It was amazing. I was, <laughs> these were sixth graders. I was so impressed with them. Um, so 100% echo what you said. That's great. That is a win for sure. Yes. Um, <laughs> They're a particularly sweet little bunch of sixth graders. It was that same group with that girl who was the teacher for today. So um, great group of kids, but I was just amazed. Um, Okay. So I was curious when you were talking about sharing materials, at least for you two who are doing sort of more, uh, more modern classrooms formally, like, do you share instructional videos? Um, I was, I was also interested to hear how you use different types of trackers. Um, So like in terms of sharing modern classrooms materials, is that something you all do? Or not. It'd be also interesting if you didn't. Well, one, and that was one thing that I forgot to mention about my classroom. Like I, whenever we had COVID with the difference when we had the shutdown and then we had a staggered group where we had one group come a certain amount of days and then another group come the other I started making videos. And so I had all those, a bank of them, and they've really come into play with this because I'll do whole class instruction. But if I have a kid that's still like, I'm still struggling with this. And they'll say, do you have one of your videos? So um, I, that's one thing that I also like to is having that option to have those different videos to send out, which another good thing about our curriculum that we have as well, we have a plethora of videos, whether it be the ones Um, through the textbook that were created, or um, there's links to different things like Virtual Nerd. And then, you know, we've got Khan Academy, things like that. So I feel like also, you know, whenever the kids are struggling, it's good to kind of hit them with those different types of instruction so that one of them will click. But I I do like that they ask for my videos, though. So um, I was glad to have that. And whenever I saw that that was part of modern classroom. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, I know how to do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. My kids ask to not watch my videos. So <laughs> yes, same. Well, same. see, I always throw some jokes or humor in there, which my oldest daughter always tells me that I'm not funny, but all my, all my students are like, you're so funny. And I, I'm always watching it to see what joke, or sometimes I'll sing on them. Like, I I don't want it. I don't want them to have the same thing on repeat. So I try to keep them entertained by throwing in different things (laughs) and hopefully not looking like a total idiot. (laughs) I mean, apparently it's working if they're asking you to see them. That's fantastic. (laughs) I mean, I try and do that too, but my kids are, yeah, they're always just like, Oh, this video is three minutes long, Mr. Diamond. It's so long. <laughs> Just like, come on. You got to start singing. Like I'll sing Beyonce in the middle of them. Um, <laughs> you got to start throwing that in. You got to get those Easter <laughs> I want to watch it. <laughs> That's great. Um, I, so do you, Rick, you also make, make videos as well, I guess. It's Modern Classrooms. Yes. Um, and like Brooke said, we, you know, I kind of do a combination um, of the videos that I make and then our textbook does have a lot of virtual nerd videos, which I use virtual nerd for a couple of years, even before we got the textbook and before modern classroom. So when I saw they had virtual nerd, I, I was so excited. So a lot of times when I post uh, le- uh, work for a lesson, I'll have a video along with the virtual nerd video, because sometimes they'll, they'll the students will say, 
you know, I don't really get the way you explain this. So they can go back and watch the virtual nerd. Oh, okay. Now I get it. So different kids, you know, can, can learn differently um, from different folks. And sometimes I've kind of got the, the magic touch and sometimes I don't. Um, so I'll give them two options so they can kind of hear the same thing from two different sources. And that mm. seems like it's benefited a lot of them. But each of you are putting videos in front of your students that, that are made by you, or I guess yes. like the teacher that teaches the kids uses the videos. Yes. Cool. Yes. So, so the, the ones from the textbook are like an additional resource. No, no, no. I meant like Brooks videos don't go to Rick's students. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and the virtual nerd thing, that's cool. It's like another sort of resource for them. Right. That makes sense. It is. And I agree with what Rick said, where it's like, I kind of get this, but not really. And sometimes, like what I was mentioning, it it is good for them to hear either a different voice or a different right. way or reasoning, because we all know that there's multiple ways to work out a problem. So it's good for them to see, like, there's not just one set way. Yeah. And I, I think on the flip side of that coin, it's also good for them to see that like you're teaching them the real way, you know what right. I mean? Like what you're right. teaching them is actually real. Yes. Like you're right that there's a different way to approach the problem and there's, you know, it's a different person's voice. It's different handwriting or whatever the case may be. Right. But like, I'm teaching you something that's actually real. Like this is a thing in the world. It's not just me making this up, which I think is sort of like a, you know, that happens when I show my students musical examples of the things that I'm showing them. I'm like, they're like, oh yeah, it does. It does follow the rule that you taught us. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not just saying this for no reason. You know, like this is an actual right. thing. I'm trying to show you how to make better music. Yeah. Um, this is a thing that people actually do. So I think that like you're, you're right in, in both senses, right? It's like good to see a different perspective. And also it's good to see that this is authentic. This is actually real. Yes. Sure. So I guess I'm curious when you said that, uh, the other teachers on your team sort of dabble in modern classrooms? Like what aspects are they, are they using? Are they using videos? Because I feel like if I were exposed to teachers using videos anywhere around me, I'd be like, Oh, I'm doing that. <laughs> but that's just me. Like what are, what are they doing um, that has sort of rubbed off on them from this collaboration? So for some of them, it, it is the videos. And I feel like that is an easy starting point to kind of get a feel of it. And then um, some of the things like they've, they've been curious about the mastery checks. Um, well, how is this different from a quiz or what you only do this for a mastery check? But like for mine, I have multiple different things that I use for a mastery check. And it also just depends on, you know, what we're currently covering. One, it may be a paper and pencil. One may be where they come up and we talk through a problem and they have to explain the process with me. So it's one question or like today, for example, um, they had to watch part of a brain pop along with some other things. And then they took the graded quiz that's on there included. Um, we've got them within our textbook curriculum. So um, I feel like that's another thing that we're constantly asked about, like, well, how, how could I do this instead of a, traditional quiz. Yeah. And I think it's just more that they're curious. Um, you know, the, uh, the language arts teacher on my team, she also went through the training, but she just, she kind of dabbles, um, a little bit. Um, she uses a little bit of a progress tracker just kind of as a planning tool. Um, this is what we're doing this week. Um, and she does allow some of her students to kind of move ahead and self pace, but just hasn't fully invested, um, you know, into the, uh, modern classroom program yet. Um, 
she's she's getting there. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's similar to the language arts teacher as well. My team, she did the training the same time that Rick and I did. And she was like, I'm going to start this off slow, you know, just to kind of get my feet wet and everything. But now she's like, she's, she's in it. She's on with it and everything. And sometimes I think it's also just that confidence within people because sometimes change is hard um, whenever you've been used to doing things a certain way. But once they kind of get their feet wet and see, hey, I can actually do this and incorporate a lot of the things that I have done previously, just kind of tweak it a little bit. And then they hit the ground running. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that was my experience. I completely just dove in. And I know that a lot of guests on this podcast say that, like we ask for a tip or a piece of advice, right? And they'll say like, start slow, start with one element of the model at a time. Um, And I, I always think like, wow, that's not what I did. And I'm really glad that I did it the way that I did. But everyone is different, right? Like teachers all want to teach in their own way. And I guess some people are more open to the kind of change just like all at once the way that I was. And it sounds like you were, um, if I'm not misinterpreting, like I, I no, yes, you're, you're, yeah, you're right. right. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's like, it felt like easy change, you know, it didn't yes, feel like I'm being forced into something. It felt like this is just making my job the same job, but easier, you know, right. Yes. Um, that was my experience. But then again, I, like I said, a lot of people give that as advice. You know, if you're intimidated, if it feels like a, a huge, like front load to make a, hun- a hundred videos, right. Um, to develop a tracker, if you're concerned about students getting off pace, start slow is also a, a perfectly good piece of advice, depending on the kind of teacher that you are. Um, neither is better or worse, right? It's just different. We're all just different. Yes. Um, what about, uh, I guess this is sort of a two part question, but what about your admin? Um, and I guess the other part of the question is how many people in your school are using MCP? It sounds like the training was, you did the training as sort of a cohort, right? So how many teachers are there using MCP in your school and how is admin sort of treating MCP? How is admin, um, coaching you and, and, uh, responding to MCP in your school? So I know that we had 12 teachers go through the training over the summer at our school. Um, I can't speak that all 12 of them are fully in doing it like how Rick and I are. Um, I would say more than half, though, are, you know, fully using it and are not afraid like what we were just talking about just to jump in and do it. The other ones, I feel like they're kind of testing the waters and doing a little bit here and there until they get a little bit more comfortable with it. And which, you know, that's that's okay for some. um, But I'm one. If you're going to do it, you go all in. So um, that's that's kind of the approach that I think that, you know, the ones of us who are fully, fully using it, use that approach. Right. And I, it's, it's to speak to the admin component. Um, they, they haven't been, um, um, resistant, uh, to it at all. We've, you know, we have a, a new admin this year, but our, our previous admin was always supportive of teachers, you know, trying something new. It may, it may crash and burn. That's okay. Right. You just, you do it. And if it works great, if it doesn't, you learn a lesson, you can fix it and start over. So I, that's always kind of been my approach. I, hey, I'm going to try something new this time. Um, but they haven't been against it, um, which is, that's a, that's a positive. Yeah, definitely. I mean, 
uh, I think that teacher autonomy is, is such a big deal, you know, and that's why it, it's important for me to emphasize, like these different ways of approaching MCP specifically are all equally valid. So folks, we're going to take a very quick break. Tony Rose has an announcement for you. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the collaborative work that Brooke and Rick have done. Hey, listeners, it's Tony Rose here with an announcement. When we have additional seats available for our virtual mentorship program, we always pull educators from our waitlist first. If you've always wanted to join the virtual mentorship program but couldn't get funding, join our waitlist at modernclassrooms.org slash waitlist. All right, folks, we are back with Brooke and Rick to talk more about teacher collaboration. Um, I am aware that one of the projects that your teaching team has taken on was developing and integrating a new math curriculum at your school, which sounds like a pretty major undertaking. Um, I sort of understand that you worked to articulate MCP into the new curriculum, and I would really love to hear more about this project. Like, how did those conversations go? How did the planning sessions go? What does the curriculum look like? Like, what aspects of modern classrooms are in that curriculum? Um, just, I'd love to hear more about the process of developing this curriculum and integrating MCP. Yes. Um, so, our math has it currently has undergone a couple of things. Like, we we did have to help write a new curriculum, and we were involved with that with um, the standards. And then we also recently, um, so not this year, but last year, we had a new textbook adoption. And I was actually part of that where I had to pilot it and um, then also was on the selection committee. And with our new textbook, it, it flows and fits perfectly with the modern classroom setup because we've got a lot of different um, ways that we can structure our teaching. Um, it, it actually has videos that are incorporated with it. Um, we have different levelized instructional material that we can pull from each of our um, lessons that we're covering. We have um, things that we could easily use for Aspire to do for the enrichment. Um, we've got ones that for reteaching if we need to pull those small groups in. So I, I personally really love our new curriculum. Um, I've had two previous ones and this one by far has been the best and it, it flows, like I said, perfectly with modern classroom and you don't have to go searching in a ton of different places to find um, what you need. And with that, you know, we can, easily plug into, um, okay, well, we're going to use this for a must-do, or I can use this for a mastery check. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's it's really helpful. Yes. And I, I, what I'll say is that the first year that we adopted this new curriculum in the new textbook, this was pre-modern uh, classroom. Um, I was going through it and I'm like, man, I don't know. This is, this is, this is hard. This is hard math for sixth graders we're lucky to get some of them to bring a pencil to class, much less sit down and do some critical thinking, you know, about a math problem. And so I was, I was resistant like a lot of our, our teachers were. Uh, then I went through the modern classroom uh, training program last summer. And all of a sudden I saw the benefits of the new curriculum. And I think I've already mentioned this, but how they just, they were like, it's like they were made for each other. As Brooke mentioned, there's so many um, features in this textbook that, we can use for enrichment. There's even features we can use for remediation. 
um, for students that don't pass a mastery check. Um, there's just so many tools at our disposal that fit right into any part of the modern classroom program, whether it's a mastery check, uh, a practice page, um, additional videos. It's, it's, it's really been wonderful. I mean, that's awesome. And I think it also speaks to the flexibility of the model. You know, the, I love the idea of the lesson classifications, you know, the must, should, and aspire to do's sort of working their way into your thinking around the textbook. I think that's really cool because it's like, yes, it's part of the modern classrooms training and a part of the model, but it's also just like, uh, it's useful for students. And so like taking that framework into the textbook and saying, okay, this is what we actually have to make sure our students are doing and learning. You know, I think that that helps you to sort of, uh, sort of focus your teaching and also to prioritize for the students, right. When they're overwhelmed with work from other classes, you know, sixth grade, at least where I teach in DC is the first year of middle school. And so they're also learning to juggle like all these different teachers, different rooms in the yes. building. Um, sometimes they're overwhelmed. And so if you, if you can say to a sixth grader, this is an aspire to do, you don't have to do it. You can skip it. Um, but it's something that they can deprioritize. That's really useful for them. So it's cool that that would be a part of your thinking around a textbook that is probably not written with modern classrooms in mind. Correct. And one, one of the features that I really liked, you know, when I was going through the training program um, and we started talking about mastery checks, you know, generally I was, we were told uh, it's about, you know, maybe three to five questions um, for a mastery check so they can demonstrate proficiency um, in that, that area. And one of the features that we have in this new textbook is at the end of each lesson, they have a lesson quiz and guess what? It's five questions, <laughs> you know, that covers the entire lesson. So there, it's, it's just a, such a neat feature to be able to look at that and go, you know what? And it's editable. So if I need to add something or change something, we can change it. Um, that's one of the, the best benefits of it. So I can, I can look at that quiz. I can go through there and I can change it up to, to meet the needs of my students. Then I can assign that to them digitally through Google Classroom. Say, here's your mastery check. And they take it, it grades it for them. And it's, it's, it's just such a sweet program. Nice. I, that's one of my favorite features of it too. And it really does help having that available. But another thing that I particularly love is there's a mid topic one too, and it has a different, um, it's almost like, you know, a happy face medium or I, I'm lost. And so that's a good like checkpoint for the kids so that we can kind of assess like, okay, we need to back this up and cover again. Or if most of our kids are on the green ready to roll, then, you know, we, we may not have seen that from a couple of the groups that we were working with, but we can move forward easily. So there's like what we've been saying, there's lots of really good things that it, and they really were like, I really think that they were meant for each other, the mm -hmm. curriculum that we use and incorporating it with modern classroom too. Yeah. That's so cool. You know, it's kind of like the Reese cup, chocolate and peanut butter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Best candy. Um, yes. <laughs> the, uh, those mastery check questions, or I guess the quiz questions from the book, Rick, if they don't master the, the mastery check, if they don't pass it, do they just get like reshuffled and have new questions or new numbers in the qu in the same questions or something like that? Or how do you handle it when they don't pass the master check? Yeah, we, we can, what they're able to do is they're able to go back and review that and it'll show them what they answered and what the correct answer is. And then again, it's editable. So I can, I can have, you know, mastery check one, two, and three. Um, so I can go back and reassign them, you know, let's, let's try this again. Here's mastery check number two, uh, same concepts, but just different questions. Yes. Another beauty 
another beauty about it too. We, um, I have a lot of ELLs in one of my classes and with the lessons that are heavy in the word problems, I can give them those word problems in Spanish or whatever language that, um, that they're more familiar with because, you know, word problems are difficult in math for some kids to get a grasp on. So that's another thing that I really like. And one other thing too, is that they can all be taking the same mastery check, but with those quizzes, it may have the question worded the same way, but the numbers are different for the problems too. So I love that as well too, because we know we have to watch watch those kind of things. And we, we didn't know that early on. I, I found out just kind of trial and error because before I assigned something like that, whether it's a, there's another thing called Math Excel and, and, yes. and they can go through and work problems and I'll go through it myself. So I know what they're looking at. And so I'll assign those to the kids and then they'll come up and say, I have a question about number 10. And I'm looking at it, go, oh yeah, I remember working this one. And then I was like, wait a minute, that's the numbers are different. Wait a minute. You know, so it's, it's interesting that it kind of shuffles it for them. So it's not like they can, they have the exact same right. questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool though, because then they have to kind of do the problem again Yeah, and like do all the calculations again or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Um, that's cool. I'm curious uh, for the teachers who aren't totally using modern classrooms, especially those on your teaching team in terms of collaboration, like is the, is that, you know, that must should aspire to do sort of structure something you talk about at your collaborative meetings, or is that just a, just a Brooke and Rick thing? Um, it's kind of a combination of both. I think that at the beginning of the year, we, we really weren't pushing it that much, um, just because with it being new and we didn't want them to, you know, kind of totally be turned off with it. But now I think that we're more comfortable with, mentioning, okay, well, we're going to use this for a must-do, and they know what we're talking about at that point. So um, it was kind of just more of a comfort level that we didn't, we didn't want to fully like, here, y'all are going to do this. But um, we just, we wanted them to be embraced within it, but kind of in a slower process. Sure. That makes sense. You don't want to like evangelize, right? Right. Because then you're right. It'll like sort of push, push them away almost. Um, (laughs) Yes. But it also, I guess, is it a Brooke and Rick thing too? Like, is it something that you two will sit down and talk about together and plan out like this problem is going to be an Aspire to do or something like that? Is that something you'll plan out formally? Yes. Yes, we do. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and we'll, you know, it, it, we kind of take turns. I'll, I'll come across something and I'll share it with, hey, did you see this? And she'll do the same thing. And so yeah, we're, we collaborate very well. <laughs> yes. And we were constantly discovering since, you know, this is new for us um, with our curriculum and then modern classroom as well. That's it's one good thing to have somebody same growth level, same subject where you're comfortable to talk about those different things that you're seeing that are working, not working. Or did you see right. this? That's that's one benefit that I like a lot. And I'm really not sure we've completely figured out all of the the available resources within this textbook. It, it seems like almost every other month we're discovering something new. We, we had no idea that that was even there. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's cool. Yeah. And I feel I, I've been using modern classrooms for, I think like four years now. It's my fourth year of modern classrooms. And I still feel that way about the model too. Like I still find new things about the model. I still find new things about teaching. I've been teaching my class for almost 10 years. It's just like, we're always learning, you know? Um, You're right. I think it would be awesome to dive into a completely new curriculum. I guess it would, it feels like it would be a lot of work. 
it was scary at first, but um, it just with us doing this, it just it it really fit perfectly, and I think that it was the perfect timing. That's great. That's great. Um, I guess that's a pretty good transition into my next question, which is sort of to close us out. What you all hope to see in the future? Like, where do you plan to go with this? What goals do you have, either individually, each one of you, or as a teaching team, like together collaboratively? Well, I know one of the things that early on um, when we had parent night at the beginning of the school year, and I was trying to explain the modern classroom to parents, I had one parent asked me, well, how do you know that this is going to be successful? And I said, well, I don't, but we're ripping the bandaid off and we're just, we're jumping in the deep end of the pool and we're going to, we're going to run with it. But I said, how we'll know is when we get standardized test scores, then we'll know, we'll know if this thing works or if it, if it doesn't work. And we've had, um, we had a uh, growth measure from a standardized test score in the fall and we just had one in the winter. And I'll, I don't remember the exact percentage, but most of the kids grew in math. So that that told me, that gave me a good benchmark to say, hey, what we're doing is working. That was kind of at, at the halfway point. So we've got two more standardized uh, tests coming up in the spring, and we'll have a really good indication of just how successful this thing has been. And as you mentioned, we're going to, I'm constantly tweaking what I'm doing with the modern classroom just to make it better. Um, so we'll, we'll know here in the spring, but so far, at halftime, it's looking really good. Right. I agree with that, too. And um, we had data meetings after we had those two assessments. And I remember my numbers because I just teach in math, you know, you're, that's that's your thing. So my on my team, 77% of my students are, are already proficient. So I really feel like that's really good, you know, considering that that was the halfway point. So to me, I feel like this has been a success and I will for sure keep using it and want to incorporate more. And my hope for me personally is I'm going to finally not be so hard on myself and try the tracker a little bit differently. Like I know I have my plan with what I want to do, but I think I've just been hesitant with it because um, I think I've been overthinking it too much. And actually got a good idea from a colleague today because we had a meeting um, with some of the modern classroom people that um, came to visit our school actually today. So um, it's good to hear and good to have those people in your school that you can get those ideas off of because as a teacher, you know, you're always constantly wanting to make things better for your students. And I feel like with this program that that's one thing that is attainable. Yes. Yes. 100%. I, I also agree. 100%. It is. Like, it's. it doesn't always feel perfect every single day, but it's like when you're in it, it's like, yes, this is the way, right? Well, the things that I love the most are, you know, those kids that, like, for example, I had a kid that um, he started out with me on second grade level, and he is currently pushing towards end of fourth grade. And that's been within half, a little over half a year. And he is feeling successful with using this model because it is more directed towards him and he can feel those successes and not feel 
constantly like, well, I'm just terrible at math, so I'm just right. never going to get this. He's only ever had the experience of falling behind further in math is, right. is able to catch up and feel successful. Yes, that's amazing. Yes. That's amazing. Yep. And I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll close by sharing uh, just one neat story. I was, I shared this with Rob last night um, when we were, we were all having, uh, having dinner with some of the modern classroom folks. Um, I have a, a young lady in one of my classes that she's testing somewhere around a late fourth, early fifth grade level. And her confidence is just absolutely horrible in, in math. So I had, you know, been working with her one-on-one and had told her, hey, why don't you come up here and start working with me individually as we start working on some of these assignments? And I'll I'll be sitting there to make sure you're doing things correctly. So she had done that for two or three days, and we were sitting there working some problems, and all of a sudden, another student walked up and said, hey, I need help with number five. So I looked at, at, um, at the girl, and I said, show her how to do number five. And she, I just, and I sat back and watched, and she was explaining how to do the, the problem. And she basically explained it exactly the way I explained it to her. And it was just, it was a beautiful thing to watch. And I don't think with a traditional teaching model, I would have ever seen that. But with Modern Classroom, I get to see that all the time. And it's so neat. It, well, it promotes that confidence because like what you were saying, she's not going to be one of those kids that's raising her hand to answer a question right. because she still was a little bit apprehensive about her confidence as herself as a mathematician so that's it it is awesome to see those kind of things yeah yes yeah I, I mean you can correct me if i'm wrong i'm not a math teacher but i would imagine that students aren't thinking of themselves like what standard of math am i on when when it's about their confidence but if they're like getting you know checks on the tracker like if they're making progress that's what makes them feel successful yeah. right it's right. not like oh today i mastered xyz standard right it's like just making that progress, feeling successful in the small things, like moving through the lesson, getting the activities done, getting the check, you know? Yep. Or even just if they just um, score well on the mastery check and they don't like, they're like, what? I got all these right? And I'm like, yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I can just tell from the look on this, this girl's face, that's probably the first time in her life that she's actually been able to teach somebody how to do a math problem. Yeah. She's always been on the other end of, of that, the receiving end. Right. And it was just a neat thing to see. She was so proud of herself. Yeah. Right. I bet. I bet. Well, that, that is fantastic. Brooke and Rick, how can our listeners connect with both of you? So my email is B L E E at Hoover, H O O V E R dot K 12 dot A L dot us and mine is r i smith s m i t h at hoover h o o v e r dot k12 dot a l dot us all right and i'll have both of those email addresses in the show notes for the listeners um that was incredible brooke and rick thank you so much for joining me tonight thank you for having us i enjoyed it anytime absolutely Listeners, remember, you can always email us at podcast at modernclassrooms.org, and you can find the show notes for this episode at podcast.modernclassrooms.org slash 129. We'll have this episode's recap and transcript uploaded to the Modern Classrooms blog on Friday, so be sure to check there or check back in the show notes for this episode if you'd like to access those. 
And of course, thank you all for listening. Have a great week, and we will be back next Sunday. Thank you so much for listening. You can find links to topics and tools we discussed in our show notes for this episode. And remember, you can learn more about our work at www.modernclassrooms.org and you can learn the essentials of our model through our free course at learn.modernclassrooms.org. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Modern Class Proj, that's P-R-O-J. We are so appreciative of all you do for students in schools. Have a great week, and we'll be back next Sunday with another episode of the Modern Classrooms Project podcast. Podcast.